Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. The Zone. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, I understand they're off to a fantastic start at the Wisconsin Fair Association Convention that's continuing in Wisconsin Dells. We've got details. Our own Taylor Schaefer is along with the crew up there. She joins us as we roll our way through a Tuesday morning. How are you? You made it through the sub-zero weather yesterday, huh? Today, not quite as severe as it was yesterday. But the thing is, keep your fingers crossed because tomorrow it improves even more. Today, we'll look for sunshine. Going to warm up to around 29 degrees. Tonight, down to 24. For Wednesday, snow showers are possible because we're going to warm up to around 34 degrees. Thursday, a little bit more mild, 31. And then Friday, more snow in the forecast and 30 degrees. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist checking in with us. We're also going to catch up with our man, John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. It was a wild ride for Wall Street and our commodities yesterday. We'll see how they're faring this morning. I'm Dr. Jasmine Zapata, Chief Medical Officer for Community Health at the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. Join me in saving lives. Every year, about 21,000 lung cancer deaths are caused by radon in the U.S. What is radon? It's an odorless, tasteless, and colorless gas that can cause lung cancer. Radon comes from the natural breakdown of uranium in the soil, enters homes through small cracks and openings, and builds up inside. Any home can have radon. New homes, old homes, apartments, drafty homes, well-sealed homes, homes with and without basements. About 1 in 10 Wisconsin homes has high levels of radon. Does yours? Testing is the only way to know. Testing for radon is an easy and low-cost way to save a life, many lives. For more information, call 1-888-LOW-RADON or visit lowradon.org. Test. Fix. Save a life. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. During this winter season, a lot of colds. What's the best remedy? Well, honey, apple cider vinegar, and maybe a touch of an adult beverage in there as well. It'll get you better. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. At least that's what they say. Pam, I uh, have tried it, and it seems to have worked for me. I, I don't know if it's the honey or the amount of the uh, adult <laughs> beverage that you put in it, but uh, honey is so popular and so healthy. Yeah, you're right, Bob. Fabulous farm bay, Pam Yankee, at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And honestly, I think uh, because people were cooped up a year ago with the pandemic and uh, all the rest of the business that was going on, they turned to things like honey to naturally try to keep themselves ahead of the game physically. And what has turned into possibly something you enjoyed uh, in a beverage or on a, on a meal, on a, on a bun, something like that, has also turned into some people's industry. I talked about it with Kent Bagorsh. He is just a super fantastic Wisconsin honey producer that's also on the American Honey Board. He is a producer himself with his own apiary in Wapak. And I'll tell you what, one thing that the pandemic had people realize is they wanted to get control on some of the foods that they could produce. And that include many people that were turning to being part of the beekeeping industry. Kent said that that uh, was a sudden spike that they welcomed and now it's just a matter of trying to keep up with those 
interested folks demand on product as well as information? Well, we've seen an uptick in, in hobbyists, people interested in getting into beekeeping as a hobby, of course, because they were stuck at home and they were doing a lot of those type of things. So there has been a kind of an uptrend in that. Um, also, on the, on the commercial side, we did pretty well because as beekeepers, we're out in, a, you know, in nature. We don't have to worry sure. so much about close contact mm-hmm. with other people. But there were some challenges with getting uh, help in from uh, other countries in the H-2A program. Um, and then also, there has been some problems with getting containers and glassware because yes. of shipping and the container, you know, because of the whole international shipping situation and also woodenware of course prices went up last year and we, we rely on a lot of woodenware so that was a little bit of a challenge but overall i'd say the beekeeping industry weathered the p- pandemic pretty good and um, of course honey and home and cooking over the last year people have been home and they've been using uh, more honey honey sales have been great yeah let's talk a little bit about some of the industry challenges outside of the supply chain i know one issue that is constantly uh, rearing its ugly head is honey from outside the united states posing in our grocery stores. The American Beekeeping Federation keeps an eye on that stuff, don't you? Yeah, we really do try to educate consumers on how to buy American honey, um, to look at the label, to see the country of origin, and hopefully buy it from uh, you know the country of origin in the United States. And you can be pretty confident if you look at the really, really fine print on the label. Um, if it says USDA organic or USDA grade, it doesn't necessarily mean that it comes from the United States. You have to look at the country of origin. Oh. Um, so we do try to educate consumers on that. And best of all, try to buy from the beekeeper director, buy locally so you know what honey you're getting. Right. How is the market for honey these days? You know, we said consumption is up. Is that across the United States? Give us a little state of the state when it comes to the the American Beekeeping Federation. Yeah, honey prices are getting stronger now. Um, we are trying to uh, work on clamping down on some of the imported honey that's coming in um, illegally, being transshipped to the other countries. Um, so that that's a, a positive sign for honey prices. And just by the by the mere actions of trying to clamp down, has increased the price of honey uh, on the wholesale level. Um, I don't think we're seeing it on the retail level yet, but I mean, I don't think we'll, I don't know if we'll ever see the retail level go up that much, but the wholesale level is what's important mm. to the industry to keep it healthy and keep it with the, the capital it needs to survive. Right. You know, the other thing that I'm learning, and I guess I knew, Kent, is that uh, you need to be serious if you want to be in the beekeeping industry. I think, to your point, there were a lot of people that decided to do a backyard hive but I don't know that they necessarily knew what they were getting into when they acquired those bees. Yeah, I talked to a lot of people who want to get into beekeeping to save the bee, and that's great if they if they if they really want to be committed to beekeeping and start you know maybe a year before they're going to get the bees start learning about them. But after talking to a lot of people, I say well maybe what you should be concentrating on doing is planting pollinator friendly plants Mm -hmm. and taking some space in your yard to plant those plants maybe make your yard smaller maybe let your yard uh, bloom throughout the early spring for the bees you can do more to save the bee um, by just uh, planting the the flowers for the bees than actually keeping the bees yeah and like we said that's probably a little less expensive than trying to raise bees because people need to have their eyes wide open Uh, there are input costs that you have to recognize. And just like anything else you own that's got a uh, pulse, you got to take care of it. Yeah, and you know it's fun to raise bees and to be in the beehives, but it's it's great to have these plantings of pollinator-friendly plants in your yard and watch the butterflies right. and all the native bees and the honeybees working them, and that's good for everything, including the birds that live off those bees. You know, everybody in agriculture struggles with some of the same things, labor, you mentioned, but also finding the next generation that's got passion for the industry. Did that pandemic help ignite some of that next generation ideas about bees, Kent? Yeah, I think we're really 
fortunate in getting a lot of new beekeepers involved in the American Beekeeping Federation, the Wisconsin honey producers, and beekeepers who take beekeeping seriously, you know, the business side of it, the efficiencies you need yeah. to build into your business, taking good care of your bees, keeping them healthy, all the things that any good business person needs to be looking at. Right. Now let's talk a little bit more about the national scene. I know you've got the American Beekeeping Federation's annual convention coming up in the early part of 2022. Uh, give me some of the bullet points that you know have to be discussed, or is it a convention that's more about camaraderie? Well, camaraderie is one of the most important parts of being a you know, member of the American Beekeeping Federation, as with any group of farmers or whatever, to be get together with other farmers and talk mm-hmm. with them. But um, yeah, there are issues facing bees, the, the varroa mite that, yep. that lives on the bee, um, you know, the lack of forage out there for the bees, uh, the quality of the bees we're raising, and our keynote speakers for the conference will focus on specifically a lot of these very uh, important issues with the industry and and what we need to look at as business people, as farmers uh, moving forward, being profitable, providing the bees that pollinate one-third of every bite of food that you take. You know, the, the other thing that many may have noticed, there's more and more money being channeled toward research on our bees and some of those key issues. The American beekeepers are kind of involved in that conversation too. Yeah, we just had a speaker here talking about how competitive research is on bees, but how researchers work together to try to find the best place to spend money to keep our bees healthy, to keep the industry healthy, and that and that feeds into the whole agricultural picture as far as having those bees available for almonds and apples and pumpkins and all the things that bees are required to pollinate. You know, the other thing I've learned is it's not an easy feat to try to answer some questions when it comes to bees, breeds, and as you said, the varroa mite. Bees are a tricky little rascal when it comes to uh, figuring them out and figuring out how you can protect them. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because bees, unlike some of the other animals that that farmers keep, are not domesticated. Mm -hmm. You put the bee colony there, and they fly out and do what they want to do. So there's so many variables in the success of a bee operation that you have to be aware of and have to be always proactively thinking about how you're going to address what's coming down the road next. Now, you're such a busy fellow with the uh, American Beekeeping Federation. How do you manage to keep up your own hives? Well, I love beekeeping, and um, I have a son who I'm bringing into the beekeeping oh. business. He's been helping me, and um, we focus on keeping our hives healthy, and um, we're always proactive, thinking ahead, what's the next thing we got to be doing? So we're not surprised, not reacting, and that, um, is, that's how we try to be successful. You, I don't know if you can put it into words, Kent, but you got to tell me, everybody that's here that I've talked to gets a, a spark in their eye and a smile on their face when they talk about their love of working with bees. What is it? Well, it's just, it's like a Zen-type nature yeah. when you're out there in the hive, opening that hive up. You know, all the rest of the world's problems, the pandemic that we had and everything else, it folds away, and you are just focusing on that colony in front of you, that super organism, and, and how you're going to help that colony be healthy for its future. That, that obviously will help you be healthy also. And you share this with your customers? Yes, we love we love talking to our customers about the honey. And we sell our, most of our honey directly to the customer. They know they're getting local honey. They, we can tell them what plants. We can even tell them specifically what you know areas of trees, some of those uh, mm-hmm. the basswood trees, for example, where the honey is coming from. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way for the customer to to relate to the food they're getting to know that that food is 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 really farm to table. And did you see those conversations take an uptick now that people are more aware of their own health? Oh, absolutely, yeah. People are, are thinking about, you know, how they can eat healthier and where they can use natural sweeteners in their yeah. cooking and baking and how it improves the products, the quality of the food they're preparing in the house because over the last year and a half, we know people have been cooking at home more and, that, and that's helped the honey industry.
Kent Pagorish, he is a wealth of information for anybody that wants to get started in the honey industry. Owner and operator of Dancing Bear Apiary in Wapaka. Remember, if you're looking for real Wisconsin honey and want to make sure you've got the authentic thing, the Wisconsin honey producers have actually put together a website to help. Localhoneyfinder.org. Localhoneyfinder.org. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Doctor. Doctor. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We offer routine maintenance and precise surgery for your vehicle. Plus, Valvoline Professional Services to protect the health of your car. Does your doctor give you a warranty? We do. More than mechanics. At Tom's Auto Center, we're more like family physicians for your car. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. As a contractor, time is money. At Advanced Concrete, we pride ourselves on excellent service, like being on time with your delivery, having prompt and experienced drivers. We think you'll agree, Advanced Concrete outperforms the other guys. The concrete producing company, the contractors rely on Advanced Concrete. Producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. The Bergstrom used car sale is underway at all Bergstrom locations. Get 1.89% financing for six years on over 2,000 used SUVs, trucks, and cars. Plus, inventory grows daily. Shop Wisconsin's largest used vehicle inventory, all with upfront pricing, including their exclusive seven-day lowest price protection guarantee and seven-day money-back guarantee. These vehicles are Primo Prime Select and Certified. Warranty included. Swap your old beater for something neater as Bergstrom will give you top dollar for your trade-in. Plus, 1.89% financing for six years on over 2,000 used SUVs, trucks, and cars. Two approved credit on 2016 and newer vehicles. Older vehicles qualify for different rates. See store for details. Stop into any Bergstrom location today or shop and purchase at bergstromauto.com. Hurry! Bergstrom's financing offer during the used car sale ends January 31st, 2022. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. started talking a little bit about what's going on with weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning. I think you better take it, buddy. All right, we'll do that, and we'll talk about some improvement. The improvement being some more mild air building on in. It may not seem like it, but temperatures this morning a little nicer than yesterday, no doubt. Not quite as windy at this point, so not the wind chills. We don't have a wind chill advisory. In effect, we're not talking temps that are feeling like 20 and 25 below, but we are going to see that wind pick up a little bit today. That's not a bad thing. Winds, in fact, are now going to be more from a south or southwest direction. That's with high pressure that's starting to push further off to our east, that high moving over toward Indiana and Ohio, a warm front trying to build in from the west. That's going to allow us to warm up today. That's fantastic. Temperatures that, in fact, today 
should be right about normal or maybe a degree or so above the upper 20s. 27 looks to be pretty much normal right now. And I think we'll talk 28. There may be a 30 at lacrosse. A little breezy, a little chilly. You know, wind chills still could drop down to 5 or 10 below for a while this morning and may stay a little on the cooler edge through the daytime, but nothing drastic. Certainly doesn't sound too bad. Well, you have to expect something's going to change as mild air builds in. Sure, temperatures go up. We feel better. We don't worry about covering everything up all the time. But then there'll be a couple of weak little Alberta Clipper-type lows. The first one of those will begin to sweep on in and into the day tomorrow could account for just a little light snow. Just that, a little brief shot of Alberta Clipper-type snow, you know, very fast moving, pops in, get a little snow shower, and it pulls out just that quickly. That's a possibility we're faced with as we make our way on through Wednesday or Wednesday evening. Very light activity, not a big deal, but that's just how it works. Now, at the same time, I expect there'll be one more little clipper to wedge on through, and that could possibly be by a, a little later Thursday or Thursday night leading to some light snow. Well, that's all well and good. A clipper, you know, a little light snow. Maybe we drop temperatures a couple of degrees. That's wonderful. We are watching late in the week, late Friday into Saturday, like I talked about yesterday. That could mean a little better chance of snowfall at that time. Well, that possibility does appear to be around. There was some talk of pretty sizable snows here. Uh, guidance has pushed that a little further west, so we may not have as much to watch. Certainly keep an eye on it for the end of the week, and I'll have the forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. <laughs> so we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a zero dollar energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, we're getting it pulled together now. Go ahead, Stu, give me some details on the forecast today. Tomorrow looks really good. Oh, yeah, sunny, beautiful today. Boy, after yesterday, it's going to look really nice and will eventually feel better. It's going to take a while for the mild air to slide back in today, but look for a high at about 28, and those south winds will increase a bit. Wind chills this morning, 5 and 10 below. But the south winds kick up in the day, 5 to 15. They'll even gust around 30, but that's what brings that mild air in so we don't cool off as much overnight. Overnight, some clouds develop. We may drop back to about 22, but that temp may rise yet before daybreak. West winds overnight, 5 to 15, gust to 25. Tomorrow, then, partly sunny. That clipper, that chance of a little scattered light snow, a shower that could blast through, that's about the worst we'll see. But up to about 34 with the west winds at 5, partly sunny Thursday. Again, a little clipper snow possibility mid-morning into the afternoon. Still about 30 
with the north winds at five. A little cooler Friday, Pam, but we'll watch that Friday night, Saturday. Could be a little new measurable snow, just enough to kick off the week. Well, you know, as soon as we get towards freezing or above, you know that snow kind of weather. And it's funny, although everybody's waking up in single digits this morning, you factor in the wind chill and almost everybody's the same, right around minus 11 from Eau Claire to La Crosse, Fond du Lac, Madison. That's the great equalizer this morning, apparently. Yeah, but even 11 below with a wind chill doesn't seem so bad when you think of what we had yesterday. (laughs) That's exactly right. Very true. That's what I was thinking, too. All right, buddy, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Enjoy the day. You bet. Have a good one. All right. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details you're looking for as we get rolling on a Tuesday. Looking for market details? You stand by. John Heinberg coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Imagine a brand new, maintenance-free look for your home's exterior. Have Prairie Exteriors show you options like architecturally designed siding, which can give you the look of cedar without the worry of woodpeckers or painting. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Love the look by creating your floors with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. The Bergstrom used car sale is underway at all Bergstrom locations. Get 1.89% financing for six years on over 2,000 used SUVs, trucks, and cars. Plus, inventory grows daily. Shop Wisconsin's largest used vehicle inventory, all with upfront pricing, including their exclusive seven-day lowest price protection guarantee and seven-day money-back guarantee. These vehicles are Primo Prime Select and Certified. Warranty included. Swap your old beater for something neater, as Bergstrom will give you top dollar for your trade-in. Plus, 1.89% financing for six years on over 2,000 used SUVs, trucks, and cars. Two approved credit on 2016 and newer vehicles. Older vehicles qualify for different rates. See store for details. Stop into any Bergstrom location today or shop and purchase at BergstromAuto.com. Hurry! Bergstrom's financing offer during the used car sale ends January 31st, 2022. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to help you after any kind of collision. We help people who have been seriously injured, ranging from pedestrians hit crossing the street, people rear-ended by semi-trucks, to victims of drunk driver crashes. No matter how you've been injured, our experienced and skilled attorneys will help you get your maximum recovery. And very importantly, we also know how to protect that recovery. At Clifford and Rihala, we understand that many issues can come up after a settlement is reached. If those issues aren't handled carefully, an injury victim can lose money. Don't let that happen to you. Call Clifford and Rihala. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala. Hard-working, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. 
This looks like a car. It has tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. I'm Dr. Jasmine Zapata, Chief Medical Officer for Community Health at the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. Join me in saving lives. Every year, about 21,000 lung cancer deaths are caused by radon in the U.S. What is radon? It's an odorless, tasteless, and colorless gas that can cause lung cancer. Radon comes from the natural breakdown of uranium in the soil, enters homes through small cracks and openings, and builds up inside. Any home can have radon. New homes, old homes, apartments, drafty homes, well-sealed homes, homes with and without basements. About 1 in 10 Wisconsin homes has high levels of radon. Does yours? Testing is the only way to know. Testing for radon is an easy and low-cost way to save a life, many lives. For more information, call 1-888-LOW-RADON or visit lowradon.org. Test. Fix. Save a life. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. How about the game of Tyler Wall last night? Oh, my God. Wisconsin hangs on to beat Maryland in a nail-biter, 70-69. to Brad Davison missed that free throw at the end and purposely missed the second, so they'd have to throw up a prayer. Uh, Worked out nice, but... I guess let's start with the actually let's start with the bad Zach. What the hell is up with the eight minutes and twenty seconds and not scoring a bucket? Yeah, that I called it the collapse. It probably isn't a collapse. It's probably just uh, I would say the middle. They they were great to start, not so good in the middle, and then they played well enough uh, in the last half to win that game. This is I mean that's Wisconsin, isn't it? At times now you expect it not to happen with with Johnny Davis, but he can't do everything. He can't be perfect every night. He wasn't perfect last night, so um, you're going to have issues like that, but. I mean, for the, the same reason they they started out what up twenty nine to eight is the same reason they can go eight fifty three without a bucket. It's just that's Wisconsin basketball. You're going to get hot. You're going to get cold, and you're going to hope that it doesn't happen at the wrong time. Yeah, hot and cold. Also a Katy Perry song. Um, I prefer that over the Badgers being cold for eight minutes and twenty seconds. But my God, Zach Tyler Wall. Uh, other negatives, really quick. Um, what, what's something else in that game that was uh, concerning to you besides the collapse? Was there anything else there, or so you could just look at the collapse and be like, this is the reason why it was close? Well, I mean, Maryland had is still winless in the conference, so I think that there's a little bit of a um, desperation on their part. So I thought that they probably were going to come out and play well. Wisconsin uh, came out and played really, really well for that first, what was it, the first close to 12 minutes of the game yeah. where they came out and, and played the way that they did. So I, I I think when you're when you on the road, I don't, I don't think any road win, no matter whether it's Nebraska, Maryland, Purdue, like whatever win that is in the Big Ten, it's a good one because it's not easy to win the Big Ten. And essentially, if you're going to win the Big Ten title, you have to split your road games, um, and right now Wisconsin on the road two and one, so that's a that's pretty good. I'm not, I don't, I mean, you can look at 
dive into it, look at all the negative things if you want, but I think any road win in the Big Ten is is a good one. Oh, for sure. I totally agree with that. Uh, we got a good one right here in our sports director, Zach Halperin. Uh, also a good one last night from Tyler Wall. Um, wow, career-high 21 points from Tyler Wall. This is, uh, is he the third option coming in then scoring-wise, or is it a Chucky Hepburn? Like, or is that just you know oh. people being taken turns, uh, fiddle to you know Johnny Davis and Brad Davison? I think it's going to be a turn thing, but if you, I mean, the last what five games he's been in double digits four times so i i think i think that's going to be a situation where this is going to be him more often not he's the older guy right he's the old he's the older guy he's the he's essentially i mean you maybe steven crawl at times but he's essentially their only true big man with a post game and uh so i think unless unless teams are going to double him in the post i think he's not going to get it all the time but he's been able to back guys down and find a way to get the ball in the basket especially of late he still has not hit a three-pointer this year, um, so that is a little bit concerning. But for the most part, I think you have to be uh, happy if that's your third guy or or fourth guy on a, on a regular night. I mean, Johnny Davis is your one. Brad Davis is more than often not going to be your two. But Tyler Walsh showed the ability to step up and be that second leading second guy several times. When you go back and look at his his highest scoring games without him. Um, I'm not sure they win a couple of those games. Certainly not last night. Probably uh, going back to the uh, tournament in Vegas, he had 18 against St. Mary's. Probably don't win that game without him. So they have probably a couple more losses if they don't have him on their roster. Yeah, um, he's been was really impressive uh, last night. So Zach, moving forward now, Wisconsin, which three games in a seven day span, right? Going three and zero is pretty nice, baby. You know, you know, uh, probably should. 2019. Yeah, because you're looking right at it. No, um, I'm looking at Twitter, waiting for Ryan Pace to be fired. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, but Rowdy, you saw can you that vouch? Before. I can't see a screen. He can vouch. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I, I'll send you a picture. Uh, either way, it, it's a rarity that it happens uh, for Wisconsin. Winning three straight or three Big Ten games in a week and two of them being on the road hadn't happened since early January or late January 2019. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's huge. Like it, we, any, yeah, I think it's... anybody would have taken two and one, and they would have thought the two and one or the one would have been at Purdue and you beat Iowa and Maryland on the road. But, I mean, to go three and oh, that's just – Redonkulous. Yes. Especially when you got number three, you know, Purdue in there and, you know, a tough road win last night, right? Where do you guys, yeah, yeah. I mean, where do you guys think they end? I mean, obviously the top 25 doesn't mean a ton, but going from 23, they beat number three Purdue, 10 teams in front of them lost, I believe. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, where do they go? Could they could they jump all the I mean, I think they're going to be in top, the top 15. 15. In the top 15. I don't know how high they go in the top 15, but. I mean, considering where this team was expected to be before the season, the fact that we're even talking about potential top 15. It's fantastic. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Improving weather today, sunshine and 29. Tomorrow, snow showers in the forecast, 34 are expected high. Thursday, snows in the forecast and 31. Friday, a 70% chance of snow showers right now, 30 degrees. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Pam Youngke. It is a Tuesday morning. John Heinberg, Market Advisor. Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend is going to be joining us in just a moment. And we've also got some special coverage from the Wisconsin. Wisconsin Fair Association annual convention that's going on this week in Wisconsin Dells. Taylor Schaefer joining us in just a moment. But first, let's remember that this is the 11th day of January. On this day in 1887, Aldo Leopold was born. 
Now, for a lot of folks in agriculture, you recognize that name because we've got the Leopold Conservation Award that was just recently given to the Priskies up by Fall River. Uh, Leopold was a major player in the modern environmental movement. He was born on this day in 1887. On this day in 1968, Rock County Farmers protested grain prices. They were members of the National Farmers Organization, and they joined a national movement to keep their grain from processors trying to drive up the price. Farmers hoped hoped to get $1.50 a bushel for, for corn compared to their current price of $0.80 cents and $3 a bushel for beans compared to two thirty-five. Those are the prices that farmers were looking at on this day back in 1968. Amelia Earhart flew solo from Hawaii to the U.S. mainland on this date in 1935. She was the first person to make that happen from Honolulu to Oakland. That was her flight path. And on this day in 1922, a 14-year-old boy became the first person to receive insulin as a treatment for diabetes. And now you know. Well, as I mentioned earlier, the Wisconsin Fair Association's annual convention is going on uh, through Wednesday evening at the Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Our own Taylor Schaefer is there and kind of brings us an update on some of the conversations that county fairs are having one to another and on a bigger scope of how the pandemic impacted fairs across the United States. Taylor? The pandemic has brought forward many challenges for agriculture, which doesn't exclude the fair and entertainment industries. One thing that many directors and board members have seen over the last few years is that virtual connections can't fully replace live events. I'm here today with Marla Calico, who's the president and CEO of the International Association of Fairs and Expositions. And Marla, I know a lot of this discussion has revolved around the past, what's happened in 2020 and even in 2021, but where can we go from here? What can fairs be doing as we move forward into this new year? I think we have an incredible opportunity to tell the the story behind the story, what it takes to put a fair on, how many volunteer hours, the sponsorship commitments, what it takes from the entire community to make a fair happen. I'm not sure that we always told that story. I think uh, we we hid behind, hid that light under the bushel basket, uh, so to speak. And so I think we have a real opportunity to do that. I think we have a real opportunity to explore some flexible programming, uh, something that we talk about is having events within the events. So you have the fair that runs for five days, but maybe on Friday, Friday is a uh, barbecue cook-off, and maybe Saturday is a wine celebration or a beer celebration. We can do things within the confines of the event to add freshness to it. I think uh, going forward, you're going to see flexibility and adaptation to, you know, whether it means that the livestock, we know we found out, maybe the livestock doesn't need to be there the end fire days. Maybe we can switch and rotate in and out. Maybe we can change layouts on our carnivals. We can change hours of operations. All of them to think about, ultimately, fairs are a business. They're not for profit, but they have to operate as a business. And so they have to think about strategies to employ that. And I just think overall, fairs have a a new opportunity to tell their story fresh and particularly their ties to local agriculture. I think seeing empty grocery shelves for a lot of people around this country was a shocker. It was an eye-opener, and they took their food for granted. And I think that opens a window of opportunity for county fairs, especially to tell the story of how important agriculture is and what's happening just right around us. You know, what, what is the corn grown? Who uses that corn? Who does it feed? How does that work? We have an opportunity to do that. 
When we talk about how a fair operates, volunteers are integral in virtually every piece of the fair, from the midway to even the livestock barns. So what kind of challenges have fairs faced in finding these volunteers, and how can they move forward beyond the pandemic? Fairs, regardless of their size, operate on volunteer power. Right. And and so I think the, the pandemic really did a number for a lot of fairs because the volunteers were getting older. Right. And so I think as we look at the future and the opportunities, again, that fairs have in the future is to think about a new way of managing volunteer programs. And instead of saying, oh, you've got to commit to every single day and be here from eight to four and work this shift all the time. I think we have to put it down in bite sized pieces and think about our younger generation may not have that kind of rigidness in their schedule and maybe they could work two hours on a Saturday night and four hours on a Sunday so what can we do to adapt our volunteer programs to get this new generation in and I'm really pleased here today at this Wisconsin meeting seeing the number of young people young leaders that are here representing their community I think that's absolutely fabulous and I know particularly in Wisconsin there's a strong commitment to a junior fair board a young leaders fair board that builds that fair board for the future. Those are the volunteers of the future, and I think that's critically important now more than ever. Wisconsin is home to over 75 county, district, and state fairs, and as we move into 2022, directors and fair board members are still facing some of those challenges that were brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. Marla Calico, the president and CEO of the International Association of Fairs, says that we now have an opportunity to reach consumers in a new way redesigning how our fairs look and operate each year. From the Association of Fairs Convention in the Wisconsin Dells, I'm Taylor Schaefer. I'm Dr. Jasmine Zapata, Chief Medical Officer for Community Health at the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. Join me in saving lives. Every year, about 21,000 lung cancer deaths are caused by radon in the U.S. What is radon? It's an odorless, tasteless, and colorless gas that can cause lung cancer. Radon comes from the natural breakdown of uranium in the soil, enters homes through small cracks and openings, and builds up inside. Any home can have radon. New homes, old homes, apartments, drafty homes, well-sealed homes, homes with and without basements. About 1 in 10 Wisconsin homes has high levels of radon. Does yours? Testing is the only way to know. Testing for radon is an easy and low-cost way to save a life, many lives. For more information, call 1-888-LOW-RADON or visit lowradon.org. Test, fix, save a life. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. Don't forget, basically anybody with livestock in the state of Wisconsin is being reminded to register your premise with the Wisconsin Livestock Identification Consortium. They work in partnership with the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection to make sure we know where livestock and poultry are all across the state. They're going to be sending out more than 60,000 premise renewals to the state's livestock owners. Don't forget, in Wisconsin, state law requires that all livestock owners register where your animal are kept and that current registrants have to renew their premise registrations by July 31st. So you will be on the lookout for a letter that you are going to be receiving from the Wisconsin Livestock Identification Consortium and the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection that monitors that information. And remember, some of the examples of locations that require registration include 
farms and hobby farms, backyard poultry flocks, veterinary clinics, stables, livestock exhibitions, dealers and haulers, slaughter rendering plants, and any other location where livestock is kept or congregated. We've got details up on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com. We're also going to be talking with the Wisconsin Livestock Identification Consortium folks a little bit later this week. A little bit later this month, if you're looking at the organic grain market as an option for your farm or land, you'll have an opportunity to have an excellent conference, two days worth of information, January 28th and 29th on the UW-Madison campus. Aaron Silva is an associate professor and an organic specialist through University Extension that's coordinating the program, and she said there has been a lot of interest by many farmers trying to convert their acres to organic. When you're looking at soybean prices, about 30 bucks a bushel right now for organic soybeans, it's understood. And she said, really? Organics can fit any size or scope of farming operation. We have people from all over the, the Midwest um, coming from not only Wisconsin, but Minnesota, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa. And there's folks that have been successfully growing organic grain crops for 30 years. But there's also people that are just interested in thinking about transitioning to organic. There's folks that are doing both organic and conventional on the same farm. And there's people that are new to organic. So we have a wide range of people and a wide range of farm sizes. Organic isn't just limited to our small farms. We have farms that are are doing several thousand acres of organic and doing it well. That's Erin Silva. She is the program leader for the Organic Grain Conference coming up January 28th and 29th at the UW-Madison campus. We've got details on how to register for that conference. Costs just 100 bucks for both days, and that's on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com. Speaking of grain conferences, don't forget today is the beginning of the Wisconsin Agribusiness Classic. That's going on today through Thursday at the Alliant Energy Center grounds, a great opportunity where industry comes together. All of our farm cooperatives, our custom operators, everybody kind of coming together to get certified, keep up their continuing education credits, and also see the latest technology on the trade show floor. Don't be surprised if you bump into us while you're there. Okay, quick look at markets, and we'll be getting to John Heinberg in just a moment. March corn right now is up two at 6.02. March soybeans are unchanged at 13.85. The wheat for March also unchanged right now at 7. 62 July new crop wheat's down to at 758 a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago barrel cheese dropped three and a half cents to a dollar eighty three. Forty pound block cheese was unchanged at one ninety nine and a half, but there goes the butter up another three and three quarter cents to two seventy eight a pound. Now currently February fluid milk in Chicago's down three at twenty one fifty two hundred weight. March milk closed. 29 cents higher at 21.53 a hundred weight. It was a wild and woolly Monday in the marketplace. John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joins us live in just a moment to break down what he saw yesterday and what he sees coming our way today. Stand by. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin 
Escape the madness of the everyday workday and join the slope-loving crew at Tyrol Basin. Tyrol Basin is seeking the right individuals to fill winter season positions. As a team member, you'll be assisting guests in having fun and safe experiences in the snow. Pays up to $14 an hour. Tubing bartender helps serve up a variety of alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages up to $15 an hour plus tips. Tyrol is also looking for a lead cook for the Tyrol Chalet, $15 to $20 an hour. These are immediate openings that can transform your boring winter into powdery profit. Skiing, snowboarding privileges, along with meal and retail shop discounts. Escape the madness of the everyday workday and apply at TyroBasin.com. TyroBasin.com. Tyro Basin is an equal opportunity employer. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, my goodness. Yesterday was an eye-opener as far as the markets were concerned. Not just commodities, but, boy, the Dow Jones Industrial Average took a nosedive. It did recover. What are we lined up for today? John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us. So what was the major mover yesterday, John, whether it's the Dow Jones Industrial Average or what happened to commodities? Yeah, we had a little bit of a risk-off trade like we kind of typically see from time to time. Started in the equity markets on the overnight session with a strong selling pressure, pushing things over 500 points lower. Some of that is tied to the interest rates and the movement in the bonds and the concern what the Fed's going to do with the monetary policy and you know, kind of taking some of the, the sugar out of the market, per se, in that regard. So that's bringing a little bit of caution there. But then we go over and look at what's happening in the commodities sector. Again, a lot of money's been flowing in, especially into the grains uh, market in that regard. So it's just one of those opportunities, especially with that big report coming on Wednesday, you know, this, the, the money could go move to the sidelines. You know, then we go see what's going on with the cattle market. The third piece of this puzzle that comes into play here has been what's going on with Omicron and the spike in cases across the country. And the cattle and hog market's been kind of affected by this in price moves the last couple of days as chatter starting to continue to build now that slaughter pace is slowing down out there due to the, some of these plants running with skeleton crews uh, because of it, illnesses or people not showing up for work and then we run into this lovely wash rinse repeat cycle that we've seen in the livestock markets where slaughter slows cash prices come down retail values skyrocket because the product's not there and again it just makes things difficult in the futures market as that market gets concerned that these cattle and hog numbers might start backing up well we've been hearing that for a little while and like you said now that omicron is really catching attention with some new protocol in place as far as payment for those missing employees too now let's uh, talk it's not just about livestock really all of agriculture's got to pay attention to this dairy sector could fall victim too huh john very much so. Again, you got to worry about the supply chain disruptions and the constant talk that's going on there. Now, the dairy sector has been extremely resilient at this time frame and got great value out there for the producers in terms of where milk is at $20 plus pretty much through the entire year next year. And the demand's still been very, very good on the international front supporting those prices. So so with that, that's still at least an area that I'm, I, you know has been holding in is that dairy market. Again, still providing some great opportunity for producers, but I've 
been talking to quite a few of them here about put strategies or using DRP, making sure you lock in those floors. Again, it's going to be about flexibility again this year, keeping that floor in to make yourself feel comfortable that you got some solid numbers underneath your market, but leave that top side available to you just because we just don't know how things are going to go with the volatility again this year. You know, we've got a World Ag Supply Demand Report that's coming up. As somebody that is currently in the process of buying my inputs and trying to, I don't know if I should turn to alcohol or hard drugs to handle the quotes that I'm getting out there, John. But man, and then I take a look at the forward contracts and what's going on out there. There is zero profit for most corn and soybean growers. You think this World Ag Supply Demand Report's going to shake something loose? It's a good chance we'll see some pretty good movement off this report. When you get these combinations of the final production numbers that come together in the January report, that'll be the goalpost setter for basically the entire spring. And still we tar- start talking about the acre numbers. And then you throw a grain stocks number in there ter- as well, which gives us our usage numbers for that last quarter. So it's going to be an interesting number to overall. Right now, at least in terms of the production side and, and grain and excuse me, and carryout numbers, not expecting to see much of a change off of what we saw in December. Corn can possibly tighten up a little bit. Beans maybe get a little bit higher. The question we're really watching is what does the USDA do with the demand side of the equation for both corn and soybeans in terms, especially in terms of exports, you know, with obviously with the South American weather being a factor causing this run up in bean prices, bean prices have been really trying to buy some extra acres here in the United States. Going into grain stocks, that's where those surprises come in. You know, what was the feed usage number for corn? That's always an unknown. Uh, What's going to happen on the ethanol side? Do we make some adjustments there? So typically, this is going to be one of those reports. Numbers might not move a whole lot from expectations, but the market's going to set itself up one way or another. Do we come back and focus on the weather from there again in South America, or do we see a demand shift possibly coming? So again, just be ready. There's good value out there. And again, I know some of the margins are tight with those input costs. But as I've been telling my producers, I'm using a lot of short-term defensive strategies for this report to at least make sure we protect what we have in front of us and that the top side still stays available in case market does want to climb higher. John Heimberg joining us live this morning. He's a market advisor with Total Farm Marketing on a West Bend. TotalFarmMarketing.com is their website. The toll-free number 800 334 9779. Are you hitting the road with any educational sessions or anything, John, that we can look forward to? Well, not right at the first part of the moment, other than I'm going to be doing the USDA, uh, or excuse me, the University of Wisconsin Outlook Forum here in mid-January. I'm looking forward to getting out and presenting at that conference and getting some information out for the year. Otherwise, I'll be probably focusing more things as we get closer into the end, you know, after planning into the summer months this year. All right. Sounds good, buddy. We will catch up with you next Tuesday. Stay warm, and we'll uh, follow up on the WASD next week, okay? Sounds good. Have a great week. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Always a valuable conversation to have with him, especially when you see the craziness that the markets have been uh, working their way through over the past 24 hours' time. Doesn't look like it's going to change. World Ag Supply Demand Report coming out on Thursday. That'll do it for this morning. More from the Wisconsin Fair Association Convention in Wisconsin Dells coming your way tomorrow. This is the Midwest.